Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi guys, me again, Anoni. Welcome to episode one of Adulting. So I basically thought I'd do this first episode on my own because it seems as though one of the resounding aspects that affects all of us when becoming an adult is a feeling of isolation or maybe even loneliness that we really didn't expect. I think it can be quite a shock to the system when for for a huge number of us, you spend a vast amount of time in education and at school you kind of have no choice of it but to be involved in some kind of peer group and of course you're all on the same wavelength, you have the same goals, hashtag goals. Um, and then perhaps if you go to university, once again, you're still not quite adulting. In fact, I would say that uni is a little bit like a waiting room. Like you might get some people who pass it and go straight into work. And then already that structure that made up your background bubble starts to break apart. And then some people never leave the waiting room. I'm sure we've all got friends who seem to be perpetually studying or studenting or traveling. And then once you're flung from the comforting arms of, of education, never really thought that I'd say that. Uh, the, the world seems a lot bigger and then also a lot smaller all at once. And the thing that it seems you've been preparing for all your life, which is your career, isn't at the end of the tunnel. It's not directly ready for you, all packaged up neatly once you're out of education. And when you're at uni at school, I think it was a bit more of a relay race, like a, a team effort. And whilst you might have friends who had better grades with you or maybe better grades than you or maybe achieved a bit more than you, it still very much felt like you're in this together. But then suddenly, whether you went to university or not, you're on a straight and narrow and you might have friends who are three years younger than you who seem to be right at the end of the race in an amazing career with earning lots of money and their own flat. Maybe they're in a serious relationship. And suddenly it's very uneven and you might feel like you're the one that's lagging behind or you might feel like you're doing slightly better than your friends and it doesn't really matter where you are on that sliding scale I think for everyone it's slightly uncomfortable to feel as though oh that I don't know what's happened to that really comforting array of people that were around me and now are spread out maybe all over the country maybe abroad maybe in completely different fields than you thought and just at that part of growing up I'm, I call it like a bit of growing pains. I'm actually going to do another episode on this, but I think what it forces you to do is really look into yourself in a way that maybe you've never done before and kind of see yourself in a whole new light as a whole individual rather than as part of a team. And I think that can be quite difficult. Obviously, in the familiar, familial situation, you've got, if you're from lucky enough to be from a kind of nucleic classic family, um, then you maybe feel like, God, I've never actually felt this way before. And no one prepares you for that, I don't think. Uh, I hope you like uh, analogies because I seem to I seem to use them a lot. <laughs> but my journey to adulthood, for example, was for all intents and purposes probably quite straightforward in that I'm obviously very privileged. I'm a white cisgendered female living in, in a first world country and I certainly didn't face the struggles that other people did. But that being said, I wouldn't necessarily say that it went to plan. Um, 
you know, I've had my fair share of hiccups. For instance, well, you know, when you're little and everyone asks you what you want to be when you grow up. I think for the first 10 years of my life, it was a spy, which probably isn't the best career choice for me, in all honesty, because I, I don't know how to keep my mouth shut. But, you know, dream dream big and then I wanted to be a doctor because all my family are doctors and I just thought that was a great shout um so much so that I'd actually four four a levels four subjects for a level because I just couldn't pick and then I didn't even apply to uni because I just had no idea what I wanted to do and that really threw me because a lot of my friends were like I'm going to do this 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 I just had no idea and and I didn't know that I had no idea right up until that point and so I went traveling you'll be pleased to know I went on a gap year um I thought I found myself, uh, my 18 year old self thought I was all kinds of woke. I really wasn't. But at the time, after having a few buckets in Thailand, um, spending time in Ecuador, I really genuinely thought that I knew everything. I knew absolutely nothing and still do not know many things. But when I did go to uni, I decided to study English and Spanish purely because I was, I was good at English and I was good at Spanish. And I thought I need a degree if I'm going to do anything, still not knowing what I wanted to do. But then I did end up changing my course partway through second year. Um, unfortunately I was in quite a toxic relationship and I ended up getting physically hurt at that point and so I went through quite a low phase which meant that I didn't go to uni as much as I probably should have done and I also wasn't enjoying the Spanish that much so I decided that I just wanted to swap to straight English literature but this isn't like a sad story because that weirdly is how I've now ended up sat here recording this podcast um I had to wait to start second year again the following September as a single honours English literature student. And in the time off, I decided to get a personal trainer. I wanted something that was going to really kind of readdress how I was feeling. And, and I wanted a big change. And that felt like a good thing to do, like a wellness overhaul. So that was really what when I got into fitness. Prior to that, I'd never been into fitness. I went to one of the most sporty schools in the country and never did sport. I'd be more frequently found smoking behind a bin than I would have been playing netball on a court um I did do recreational trampolining but I think I was like one of the only ones so sometimes didn't go to that either but anyway so I managed to become a personal trainer qualified PT in my second year of uni and then I carried on with with uni graduated with a 2-1 in English literature last summer and at that point my social media got to the point where I could actually use that platform as a career so that in itself is quite something the job that I have now was not even a job when I was at school there's no way I could have known I've been doing this. And I just, even now, I find it very difficult to even explain what I do. I'm constantly questioning myself. I never think I'm doing enough. I don't know how to describe what I do to other people because it's all so new. However, I realised this isn't exclusive to me. I really thought that this was because my job was a bit odd. I'm freelance. I work from home. I'm self-employed. I have my own business, but it's really multifaceted. So, to, to explain to anyone I kind of end up saying I don't I don't and also because I enjoy my job it doesn't feel like work not to sound smug I'm very very lucky but that that's something that actually I find quite difficult so I just say I'm a personal trainer when actually I, I don't personal train in person at the minute so I've realized that as millennials I think more than ever we feel so much pressure to achieve so much everyone has a side hustle or an extracurricular project you know a lot of my friends don't just work nine to five jobs they work nine to five jobs and also run other activities or a part of charities or do lots of other things they might have their own business that they're starting up I think it's a very entrepreneurial generation generalizing obviously here but just from what I'm looking at it seems to be that we want to break the mold more and more people are going freelance more and more people aren't happy with the, the structures that are already in place and we we don't feel like we necessarily fit in to this trajectory that's been placed there for us so not only are we kind of trying to do more, but we're trying to do more of things which don't necessarily 
exist. So I think that in itself is quite is quite in a nutshell showing you how displacing this this generation is or how displaced it is from society. Um and and then to add to that there are so few job opportunities and like really very little chance of getting on the property ladder in your 20s. I mean that isn't at I'm 24. I think when I was at school I would have assumed at 24 I might own my own property. I mean no way now do I have I have any means of of getting a mortgage at all. I mean, I haven't even... I only just worked out how to pay back my my student loan the other day, which is not great. Um, But then adding to that, we've got the enigma that is social media, which might sound a bit of an antithetical thing for me to say, because I'm very aware that I owe so much to these platforms. But I'm also acutely aware that it's not just influencers that have a brand. It's not just people like myself who who use Instagram as as a platform for their career. But each and every user of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram has a front-facing brand. We are, for the first time, we can watch in real time a curated highlight reel of every acquaintance we've ever met, every celebrity we admire. And I'm sure that it can be really quite detrimental at times. But I think that's probably going to have to be a whole other episode um, because there's just so much to talk about when it comes to social media and and social media platforms. Um, And so... I do believe there's safety in numbers. I want to get to grips with how our generation is dealing with growing up at a time when we're already supposed to be deemed adults. We seem to have fully rejected this. We are just not ready to be put into that place. And maybe it's because life expectancy is longer. And maybe it's because we've seen older generations live the lives that we don't want to live. Whatever the cause, it seems we can all agree on one thing. And that is that hashtag adulting is hard. That has been hashtagged millions of times. I think adulting was actually coined about six years ago, but in the last two years, it's been like a six-fold increase in the term. And we just don't feel like we've been prepared for it. And I don't think that's necessarily our fault because, you know, millennials get a lot of shit for being lazy or for being not understanding how to do practical things. But the world has changed a lot in the last 10 years even just from our school days to now, the way society works. I think we're maybe a bit more woke. I think we're maybe more invested in social politics. We're quite disenfranchised from actual politics, seen as we feel like all the decisions being made are not at all in keeping with what we want to see happen, the changes that we want enacted. So I really want to actually get to grips with where this disparity is, why there's such a chasm between what we believe we should be doing and the way that the world is working. I just feel like we're just not fitting together And I want to try and piece those pieces together and work out what it is because I just think it's fascinating. And I think it's a really interesting time of anyone's life being in your 20s or 30s. I don't even think you can put an age on it. I think it purely is a period in your life when you just really are getting quite introspective, looking at yourself and looking at the world and you just start to see things so differently. And also another fun thing, apparently, so it used to be that you're an adult when you're 18, but now you're not deemed psychologically an adult until you're 25. So I think that's really quite interesting because obviously I grew up thinking adults were 18. I'm 24. I do feel adult in some parts of my life. I do feel like I'm responsible. But there are other parts when I when I look at myself and I'm like, oh, it's fine, I'm only 24. And then I think, God, you're 24. And it's just that weird, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. That's just that really weird feeling of uncertainty. This podcast episode is going to be a little bit shorter because it's just me and I didn't want to bore you too much. However, the next episode, I'm going to interview my mum. And I'm really excited. If you've ever seen Olive on any of my platforms, you'll know she's amazing. And I think this would be a really great insight into looking at different generations and really unearthing what's changed. And no better way to do it than through basically the older version of me because we are quite literally like twins. 
So I would love it if you could subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. Five stars would be amazing. If not, free country, vote what you like. Please give me any feedback, anything you'd like me to talk about. Feel free to message me on Instagram where I'm the tiny tank or Twitter where I'm tiny Anoni. Or you can send me an email, inquiries at thetinytank.co.uk. I really hope to see you for the next episode and I hope you've enjoyed listening. Thanks so much. Bye. podcast you just heard was recorded with anchor if you want to make your own download the android or ios app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast that's anchor.fm slash podcast even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.